Welcome back to the show. So in this episode, I am speaking with Lindsay Halson from Pathfinder SEO, a marketing agency turned software product and platform for small business owners and freelancers. It was a super interesting conversation. I enjoyed it a ton. Lindsay really pulled back the curtain of what is working in terms of marketing strategies, what tools she's using, uh, what their company setup looks like and how they track uh, pretty much everything. So I think you're going to get a lot of value from this episode and uh, dive in and enjoy. All right, here we go. Here we're recording. Sounds uh, good. Thanks for being on the show, Lindsay. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me here today. Yeah, it's great that you could join me. Um, so let's start off just by like telling people kind of like about a little bit about Pathfinder and what your role is and how it came to be. Sure. Uh, I'm a co-founder here at Pathfinder SEO and uh, Pathfinder is a guided SEO solution for site owners, freelancers, and agencies. And um, Pathfinder, Pathfinder was really born out of our search engine marketing agency. So about 10 years ago, um, I, with a, a business partner, um, started an agency called WebShine and we offer SEO and Google Ads services. And along the way, um, one of the things that we sort of discovered was that some um, business owners or marketers, they couldn't afford to hire our services um, or they kind of wanted to take like a do-it-yourself approach. And they'd say things like, can you just teach this to me? Or what tools do you use? And so we'd kind of send them out into this world of SEO on their own with a handful of tools that we really like. And about a year later, they'd usually come back and say, I'm totally overwhelmed by SEO. I don't know what to do next. Um, okay, now I'll hire your agency. Um, and we thought there must be a middle road between sort of going totally DIY with a robust tool set, but not a lot of experience and hiring an agency. And, and so what we did was we put our, turned our process that we followed at WebShine and turned it into a software um, at Pathfinder SEO. And, and that software, that guided solution really um, targets kind of three areas. One is process, like what do you actually do next in a step-by-step -step format? Um, for SEO, and then the tools, things like keyword research, rank tracking, monthly reports, um, and then coaching. So the ability to actually talk to a coach, kind of like a personal trainer, um, and, and get one-on-one -on -one advice and sort of, um, you know, get held accountable a little too, like get your homework done, show up for your coaching session. Uh, so that's sort of where Pathfinder was born. And in that journey, we also, um, we partnered with a lot of freelancers and agencies that build websites. And um, so part of our, our market um, at Pathfinder is also those folks, um, those agency owners, those, those freelancers that are thinking about offering SEO services, um, but they don't have the depth of expertise that they do in say web development. And so they're leveraging our process and our tools and our reports to help them deliver that service in sort of a productized manner. Um, so we work with a lot of freelancers and agencies as well. Sorry, I, was, I think I was muted there. So no you sounds like your customer base is two sides. Like, run, like one, you have direct clients, right? And then the other one is like you're behind the stack, you're behind the service provider as like the tech stack and the reporting stack and all that stuff, right? Enablement? Exactly. So um, at Pathfinder SEO, we basically serve two different audiences, people doing their own SEO and, and businesses doing SEO for others. So like the agency solution. Um, and so our marketing strategy, our marketing copy, um, it really has to hit home separately for those two different audiences all under kind of one umbrella. 
um, because the challenges that a business owner taking um, their own approach to SEO faces is quite a bit different than what a freelancer and agency faces um, and trying to offer it as a service. Yeah. So, so what is that? What are those marketing strategies that are, that are working for you guys? Because I've, I've, with the agencies that I've spoken with, right, like usually like full serve is something that a lot of people like to do. You know, they do like SEO, PPC, all those kind of things. And that just opens up this fan of this, the total addressable market, right? Which it could be several niches, several specialties, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so what marketing strategies work for you guys on the direct side? I may let's start there. Yeah, so um, on that site owner side, the people that are doing SEO for their own websites, um, our, our biggest marketing strategy is people searching on Google for like how-to information. So how do I configure a Yoast XML sitemap? Um, they're in the trenches, they're trying to figure something out and they're, they're oftentimes up against um, some kind of a challenge. And so they're searching for that kind of content and, and being SEOs, it probably doesn't come as a lot of surprise that one of our big marketing strategies is SEO. And so we can meet people at that moment in that search query by having um, content oriented towards um, whatever that, that topic is. And we do content marketing a little differently, I think, uh, than a lot of different agencies. And you'd probably think I'm crazy to say that I'm an SEO and we don't blog. Um, because that those two things usually go hand in hand. Um, but really we do create valuable content. We just organize it, um, in a different framework. And so on our website, if you go to, um, pathfinderseo.com and you go over to our field guide, you'll see that we're organizing our content really around content pillars, not chronologically. Um, because yes, it matters that the content is fresh, but we're not a news organization. So our latest post isn't always the most relevant post to you. And so instead we organize things um, by category. And so if you're in that category and you search for how do I do this specific thing on WordPress SEO, um, you'll land on that, that post. Um, but then you'll see that we have a broader contextual um, amount of content around just WordPress SEO in general. Um, and so that we can turn a, a visitor to our blog um, into somebody that starts to get like, hey, I really like the way these guys talk about WordPress SEO and, and I actually need to learn more than just this one thing. Um, so one of our strategies, or, or really the, the strategy I think that guides everything we do in the marketing space is to be helpful and to share expertise. Um, and if you do those two things, um, then sort of the leads naturally follow. Of course, you need to have some you know, calls to action and ways for someone to actually get in touch. Um, but at the same point, that strategy um, ends up being that, that some of those people that search for that content are gonna come over and say, hey, I'd actually rather take a guided approach and they'll, they'll sign up um, as, as what we call a site owner and, and sign up for sort of like our standard plan where we work with someone that's just doing SEO for one website. Um, so for those site owners, um, content is the backbone of our strategy. Um, we do run some paid advertising. So we do run Google ads and we bid on some keywords like DIY SEO and we try to kind of grab somebody before they dive into DIY SEO and say, wait, that's actually gonna be really hard to take a do-it-yourself approach. Why don't you come over and just spend a little bit more and jump on this guided bandwagon and, and we try to make that sell. Um, so we do things like that um, and, and bid on some keywords of people that are at the beginning of their journey. Um, beginner's guides to SEO, those are the types of keywords that they're a little out of our reach um, in terms of our own website's authority um, within the eyes of the search engines to be able to rank content organically. And so we, we use the other side of that coin and we go and we pay for that traffic. 
Yeah, um, no, that, that makes that makes total sense. The content pillars is something that is starting to bubble up a little bit more, right? Like instead of this like new, 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 it's basically like, and I love this strategy. Like at our at Zyrotar, we're doing the same thing, right? Like we're, we talk about like one specific topic, how to, I don't know, in, improve customer experience. And then there's like all these additional fans, these little nuances to things where you then build that structure around it, right? Um, so let's talk about metrics a little bit. Uh, that's sure. the next question that I have here. Uh, which ones do you watch the closest, pay the most attention to? Sure. Um, sales, being a software company, we can actually track sales and track a sale back to um, its original source. Um, these days, we really, like everybody, we find that it's all about multiple touch points. So it's always hard to credit like one singular activity that led to a sale. Usually there could be a paid ad in there, um, some organic traffic in there, and then things like being on podcasts or speaking at conferences. They all come together um, into that in, that holistic customer acquisition strategy. Um, but those leading indicators um, that we kind of look at as, as key performance indicators, um, one is we have an online SEO score. So people can put in their name and their website and their email address. And we don't actually run this their site through some kind of automated system and send them like that traditional sort of very rote SEO feedback to say, you've got 25 images with no alt text. Um, we actually take a really personalized approach and our SEO coach um, will go through that website, that prospect's website, and score their website against a framework um, that we use to help people understand SEO that we call the four pillars of SEO. And so um, in that scoring uh, process, we can spend about 15 minutes and we can um, align someone's website and come back to you and say, hey, um, you know, thanks for sharing your website with us. Your SEO score is, let's just say, 70 out of 100. Um, we break this down between technical SEO, content, on-site optimization, and off-site SEO. And here's sort of your strengths and your weaknesses. So that a prospect walks away and says, I have a really sound technical foundation, but I probably need to work on my content next. Or I've got really good technical and really good content, but my on-site optimization is lacking and I have no sort of authority coming from like a, a strong backlink network. And so in this, the sales process, we want people to understand um, how they measure up in different areas because where their weaknesses are today is where there's opportunity tomorrow. Um, and, and so we can help align, if you only have five hours to invest on your SEO, where should you spend those five hours? Um, it's a little different for everybody um, and, and it's in those areas of weakness. Um, so that metric we, work, we watch really carefully um, because that's where one of the ways people kind of um, the lead gen source. And then we also, for, for that freelancer and agency audience, um, we have a free one hour course um, on our website. And it's the beginning of, if we sat down and I told you everything I could in one hour um, about how to run an SEO agency or a, a division within your agency dedicated to SEO, um, it's an hour's worth of that material. And, and we look at how to package price pitch um, and then apply process to the delivery of service. And so that's been a really good way for, for those freelancers and agencies that are sussing out if this is what they, where they want to head next with their business. Um, that's been a really great lead gen source um, and kind of just gets them on board with, with how we productize that service um, in, a, in a free way. So those are our two biggest um, paths to conversion. And then, of course, there's the obvious KPIs like contact us forums and things like that. I love those. Um, I love how you guys productize the, the services. Like, I, I really do. 
Um, a couple of questions that I, a couple of, couple of notes that I took just now was um, what tools do you guys use to, to track? Because I, there's so much out there, like marketing tech is this huge ocean of just like possibilities and opportunities. Um, so what, what tools do you guys use and how do you, how do you actually track those metrics uh, within those tools maybe? Yeah, so um, our marketing website, that pathfinderseo.com, and then also our software, it's all built on WordPress. Um, and so that is the, the basis of, of all of our software technology, especially our marketing website. Um, and so that's sort of the, um, for us, because it's open source, it integrates with everything so well. Um, it's been really flexible and, and powerful and allows us to, to kind of make um, choices around that stack that we kind of surround the, the WordPress site with. Um, the next things we added to our WordPress site, Google Analytics. Um, so we utilize Google Analytics, it's free, it's enterprise level. It is pretty overwhelming, even for pretty advanced Google Analytics users, and it needs customization. And so um, we added our Google Analytics code to our website using Google Tag Manager, um, and that allows us to add in um, really good event tracking that allows us to tie back to actions. So we can use our events that are firing thanks to the Google Tag Manager to say, someone clicked on the submit button or someone's uh, scrolled this far into a page if we care about scroll depth and different things like that. Um, and so that Google Tag Manager allows us to customize the data in Google Analytics in a way that we can leverage um, the goals in analytics in, in a way that matches with our business. Um, we really like Google Data Studio. So we take data out of Google Analytics import it into the Google Data Studio to create dashboards. Um, so we have like a weekly marketing dashboard and it breaks down all of our channels, organic, paid, um, paid social, organic social, um, any other display ads that we might be running, third parties, anything we do um, comes into that marketing dashboard. And it makes it easy for us to take a look on a weekly basis at performance um, and then go back to those campaigns and, and tweak and edit based on, on real-time data. Um, so that's sort of the base, basis um, of it. Uh, for SEO, it's probably not surprising. We use our own SEO software to do things like track rankings and look at SEO specific uh, reports. We don't have to follow our own process as much because it's all in our head. Um, so we only use parts of our own software. Um, the, we use ActiveCampaign as our CRM and marketing automation tool to send out those like drip emails and things like that and to just store all of our leads and our customer records. Um, we found it to be really price competitive and pretty easy to use um, compared to some of the industry competitors that we've also tried out and used for a while, but, but we're really happy with ActiveCampaign. Um, and then two last pieces, we use ConvertFlow to kind of fuel our conversions. So I'm not a designer and I'm not a developer, I'm an SEO. Um, it doesn't come super naturally for me to take someone from, I can drive the traffic really easily um, by writing good content and building links and all that kind of stuff. But then we have to turn those people into actual giving us their, their information via that SEO score, the course. And so we use ConvertFlow um, to do things like pop-ups or embedded calls to action in our blog posts and to try to organize all of that. Um, ConvertFlow integrates with ActiveCampaign um, and also triggers events into Google Analytics. So that's been pretty easy to work with. Um, and lastly, we use Podia to power our courses. So it's sort of like an all under one roof um, umbrella for courses. And, um, and we've been able to kind of integrate Podia with WordPress in a nice way to, uh, to fuel that delivery. Awesome. 
Uh, yeah, no, I think that's super helpful, um, especially like taking the buyer journey and, you know, those tools that you use at each stage, right? Like traffic is one thing, converting into paying customers for monthly revenue and retention, that's a totally different, different game. Um, sure. So how do you guys think about retention? And the reason I ask this question is because you are coming from more of an angle of empowerment and helping people solve their problems and like advance on their journey on their own. Whereas a lot of agencies, oftentimes there's this sort of uh, mix of, we, we want to help you, we're going to help you, but at the same time, we don't want to share our secrets. So how do you guys think about that and, and retention? Yeah, so with retention, when I think about freelancers and agencies who decide to sign up for Pathfinder, um, some of them are leaving other SEO tools like Moz um, or SEMrush or Ahrefs. And usually when an agency decides on a tool set, it's a really well-vetted decision. So they're committed to adding SEO services to their business, or maybe they already have SEO services and some existing clients. Um, and they've already taken the time to schedule a demo, poke around, they've played with some other tools. And so when they come in, they, they want to work with us. Um, typically, we already know it's a good fit. And, um, and those customers have really just natural long retention. They develop a relationship with their coach. Um, and, and so they find a lot of value out of the coaching, the reporting, and then the tool set. And it'd be kind of hard for them to move, say, 10 of their accounts with us. Um, they have 10 maybe customers paying them to do SEO. And they've got them all set up and all their campaigns ready. It'd be, it'd be kind of a heavy lift to then like port that out and go throw it into another SEO software. So. Um, people in the freelancer and agency space, they're, they're usually making these really well vetted decisions and, and um, retention comes naturally. The, the site owner piece um, where you're doing SEO for your own business is where we see a little more natural volatility. And the reason really is because we all have really good intentions, like we sign up for that gym membership um, and we say, yep, we really want to get fit in 2020. Um, but then we don't always follow through on those. And so we have to do more work um, to keep those guys engaged, like as the personal trainer part, part to retain that customer, um, our coaches have to like really establish a relationship and like constantly be encouraging them to even just find the time to do SEO um, because we, we never deliver as well on our own work as we do when someone else is paying for them. So those agencies, those freelancers, they're like, they have paying clients. They're going to go deliver on the tasks at hand and do the work. Um, some of the site owners get in there and say, whoa, wait a second. This is actually still SEO. Like I still have to do something. And then they might make a transition and, and go work with an agency. Yeah. What does that look like when some, when a coach, for example, like let's say I'm uh, a small business owner, like a site owner and I sign up. And so what, what does it look like for a coach that retention? The reason I ask is because, Retention is like a huge piece also for, for any agency, right? Or like basically for any business, but it's this huge piece where there's so much focus on get new customers, new people in the funnel, more traffic, more conversions. And then that part of the backend often doesn't get the attention that it deserves and almost needs. Do you guys have like an established process where you're like, Hey, this is exactly what you're going to do. Yeah, I would say so. Um, so, what we learned in our agency that, that we still run WebShine um, is that uh, personally, and since I do a lot of the sales work for that agency, I don't really love sales. 
So I put a ton of effort into customer retention because I am in it for the long haul. The service I provide is ongoing. SEO is sort of that marathon. It's not a one and done service. Um, and I don't want to have to go back to the sales drawing board. So I love those recurring monthly customers that I've been working with for five, 10 years because um, we have this established relationship. It's like the best kind of work um, and it's predictable, it's scalable. I don't have to sell you on all the reasons why recurring revenue projects are great. Um, and so what we found is um, where, we, where we most often went wrong in, and where we would lose those customers is when we didn't onboard them properly. So they decided to sign up, they had a discovery call, we gave them a proposal, they signed, and then we had our first month of service and we were sort of busy and we didn't have a great relationship with them already because they're a new customer. And so one of the things that we've found is that investing really heavily into that initial month or two of service um, and being extra communicative then laid the groundwork for then those relationships that are just, they're such easy projects to deliver on because we're like all thinking along the same lines. Um, but it takes a while to get to that place and you have to be willing to put in the time those early months in the delivery of the service to establish that rapport, establish that trust. Um, and so we take that same premise um, that we found at WebShine, our agency, and we apply that to our software. And we basically say in the beginning, when you sign up for a software, um, it's really helpful if your coach checks in a little bit more often than maybe when you're six months down the line. Um, so we just try to be really proactive there um, in checking in and working with people. The, the signing up for a coaching session, the onus is on the subscriber. So um, we can track and see, you know, if people haven't been using their coaching, that's usually a precursor to canceling an account. Um, mm -hmm. And then we can reach out. Um, but the, this actual scheduling is one of the things that's in their court to go in and, and use our scheduling tool to, to pick a time. Um, but yeah, then it's sort of all on the coaches. They know, um, you know, we know the team and, and or who the customer is and, and we work uh, with them to, to help them deliver some results. That's great. Uh, yeah, the onboarding pieces, man, that is so important. Um, so let's talk a little bit, a little bit about the team. Uh, since you just just mentioned that, how many sure. different team, team how many team members do you guys have? Like, what's the size of Pathfinder? We're a small team. There's four of us um, that work full time, and uh, and so it's myself and and another co-founder, um, and then uh, we have two team members, and um, we all are based in the same geographic area. I think as our team grows, we'll we'll get into more remote work. Obviously, in this day and age, we're all working remotely, so it's pretty easy to envision um, you know, this becoming more of a distributed company. And, and our biggest, um, you know, one of the challenges we have to overcome in terms of growing our team in the coming months is, is that we have more and more customers from outside of the United States and we offer coaching. So coaching needs to be done during your business hours, not mine. Um, and, and so as a team of four, um, we're also all like working parents with kids often at home right now. Um, delivering the coaching in a time zone um, friendly manner is probably our biggest challenge right now, but it's a good problem. Um, and, and so, yeah, we're small, small little uh, crew. Yeah. Wow. I, you're, that's uh, relatively small for, for like your guys' web presence and even SaaS, right? How do you guys split up your, your responsibilities or I guess out of those four, what are, what are the, what are the roles of your people? Yeah, so I guess one thing I should have clarified is we have four team members that work on this full time. Um, we contract a lot of our own marketing and um, web development work out. Um, so whether it's building our website, 
um, or building components of our software and, and keeping the software solution going, that a lot of that expertise, um, we've partnered with other agencies. Um, and so we work um, with people that know way more about software technology than I do. And we work with people that know way more about design and development, um, WordPress development than I do. And so, um, so much of our work is done, um, you know, within our team. And then so much of it is done in collaboration with other, other entities. Um, and we really like that because um, we're such specialists, like in our own day job, so to speak. Um, we specialize in SEO and Google ads. And so it's been really fun to find and partner with those people that specialize in other areas and bring that same level of like passion and expertise. Um, and that would have been really hard for us to hire for and still really is right out of the gate um, as, as sort of a startup. That's awesome. Um, so about your... Um your rhythms, I guess. Uh, this is another question that I have written down here, right? Um, I'm gonna skip the, the direct reports. What regular rhythms do you have as a, as a leader, as a co-founder, uh, especially with kids working from home and managing all that other stuff? Yeah, so regular and rhythm are probably not, um, you know, great <laughs> uh, words to, to try to like think about right now because um, the thing, but there are regular components to our work. So. Um, we offer, so my, my business partner and myself, um, we're both working parents, um, with kids at home, whether they're in school or doing distance learning and all these different things. And the biggest thing that we've appreciated in our jobs over the last 10 years has been flexibility and the ability to like work hard and then, you know, go to a swimming lesson in the middle of the day, um, or pick up our kids at school at three o'clock. And so we try to afford that same level of flexibility to our team, um, to be able to work when and where and how best suits their families. Um, and that can be pretty a nimble um, component. So we have flexibility is, is a big part of what's regular here. Um, that being said, you know, we do have business to run and jobs to do. And so that, that does mean that we're mostly in the office. It just means we have, we have some flexibility when needed and you know, people don't need to, to let us know when they're going to a dentist or a kids doctor's appointment and things like that. Um, so that's kind of a regular component. In terms of, of sort of our leadership style, um, we, we probably err too much on the partners being like really heads down doing work and not always communicating with our team. Um, we use Slack quite a bit, especially these days. Um, and we do check-ins that vary from, um, like I have a meeting this afternoon to kind of start the week to say, okay, what are we trying to accomplish this week? Uh, like what like tactical things do we need to have shipped out the door by the end of the week? And so we have a running list and everybody knows what those pieces are um, across the team and which ones are under their purview and sort of who they need to collaborate with to make that happen. Um, and so usually at the beginning of the week, we might have a little like team stand up to figure out um, what those action items might be. And then at the end of the week, right now, it's much more informal, like picking up the phone and just being like, hey, how'd the week go? And it's a little debrief session that can range from talking about specific tasks um, to just also talking about like, wow, it was a really hectic week. Um, you know, I had a sick kid at home and this happened, but I was really happy about how this turned out and um, a little bit cathartic too, to just sort of run through, um, yeah, both the, the professional side and then also bits of the personal. Yeah. It sounds like it's a, it's a good balance between having Zoom meetings and being on video calls versus, you know, dealing with that fatigue and, and not doing that piece as well. Yeah, right? we don't do maybe once a week or something, we'll jump on a Zoom call. Um, we also, we work with a mentor. Um, the whole team does under the mentorship of, 
of one person. And so we do do a team meeting almost once a week um, with that, that sort of outside hired leader. Um, and so that comes in as like another area where we get, sometimes we all get sort of like schooled on, hey, we gotta really pick up the pace here and, and start working harder on this. Um, and it's another time that we all kind of come together and get a sense of how everybody gets feedback on what they're working on sort of midweek in that call. So, um, yeah. That's super interesting. So is that something where you like as co-founders as well, you guys get that input and that feedback from someone else? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've always really liked being my own boss, um, and, and find a lot of value in independence, um, you know, and, and don't find it hard to, to kind of come in and, and work hard. Um, but sometimes we also feel like we're working in a vacuum. Uh, we live in the mountains and, and we're all pretty heads down in sort of our day to day. And so to have, when we have a debate about like marketing copy and we don't really know, we're like, ah, what do we say here? We're really stuck. It's really helpful to bring somebody else in that's not so in the day to day of the business and to get feedback. Um, and so even in like an hour a month of sort of, we, we hire a coach for our own business, just like we provide coaching to other businesses. Um, we find that it does all the same things that our coaching does. It, it holds us accountable. So I'm like, Ooh, I gotta get that work done because we're going to review it on Wednesday during this call. Um, it gives us like outside points. Sometimes we're on track and sometimes something we came up with is like wildly off topic. Um, or we're going down maybe the wrong Avenue and it's a third party to say, Hey, do you really think that's the best like next step? Maybe that's, you know, five steps down the road. Um, so yeah, we found that that kind of approach to doing business to be totally invaluable. And we've used coaching both in our agency and, um, and in our software company, um, you know, our agency needed coaching even 10 years in, right? Because you can always benefit from somebody else's wisdom. Yeah. It's, uh, sometimes it takes an outsider, you know, to see different things and they're not that heads down and getting yeah. that feedback as leaders, um, is all is really important. I feel like sometimes, you know, it, it's a lot downwards, like supervisors give feedback to the people that they work with, but that upward direction, that other side uh, is really, really helpful as well. And doesn't happen as much as the, as the other way. Right. Yeah. And you have to kind of go out and make it happen and find a coach or a mentor or somebody that, that your, your team, your entire team resonates with. Um, and, and is, you know, like that, that number of steps ahead of your business that every time you have a call, you guys walk away saying like, wow, that was really helpful. And I'm unstuck in a way that I was stuck two hours ago. Yeah, that's a really great tip. Um, so if you had one wish and it could just do one uh, and you can solve any marketing problem, which one, what would it be? So I think one of the marketing problems we face that I think others can probably identify with um, is that of budget around kind of like ad campaigns. So I, I do SEO, so we're not as constrained by budget because it's my time, generally speaking, going into to helping drive results. Um, but my business partner, Lori, she runs Google ads. And so when she runs a Google ads campaign, a lot of times we have these ideas and we want to test and we can build out um, kind of all the, the support of marketing, the landing page, the conversion funnels, all that kind of stuff. But what we really then need is volume to see if something is working. And sometimes I feel like as a self-funded startup where I think a lot of businesses are, you have an idea and you're pretty sure it's good and you're pretty sure it's going to lead to you know, great leads. But there's a big difference in Google ads between investing a couple hundred dollars or a thousand dollars into a campaign and being able to invest 
10,000 or more dollars. And so I think when you're in these competitive spaces like us in this SEO software space, um, sometimes it can be hard to, to sort of compete against larger companies that can do a lot more testing like at scale where they get sample sizes that you can actually make conclusions from. Um, so our sample sizes tend to be pretty low when there's ad spend um, or small. And so then it kind of gets harder to say like, well, did that really work or did it not work? Um, yeah, that's probably our biggest kind of marketing problem that, that it would be nice to somehow overcome, um, you know, in time. Yeah. It's on the wish list. I can definitely yeah. relate to that. <laughs> um, all right, last question. How do you explain to your family what you do? Um, so I have a, a four and a six-year-old and a husband who's a ski patroller, so he does not spend a lot of time on the computer. Um, and, and I just tell him I help businesses get found on Google. Um, and uh, even our four and six-year-old can identify um, with the concept of Google these days. And, um, and that's kind of the other thing I've just found uh, a lot of people get confused around acronyms. So if I say, oh, I do SEO, um, somebody will be like, oh, I ran a Google ads campaign once. I'm like, well, they're a little different, but okay, yeah. So I just find it much easier at a dinner party with my family, anybody to just keep it really one liner. And if, you know, maybe one out of 10 people will follow up with like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. And the other nine people are like, cool. Yeah. And they move on in the conversation. Yeah, I I love how simple that is. And the, the fact that your uh, children are so young, that's probably a really good reality check too, because if they understand it, it's like the typical, right? You gotta do like the five-year-old speak for people outside of your world. So that's great. Yeah, because like my family for the longest time, they had absolutely no idea whatsoever. They still probably have no idea what I do. Um, so I really love how simple that is. Um, all right, so before we wrap this up, how can people connect with you or find more about uh, Pathfinder SEO online. Yeah, so um, my email address is lindsay at pathfinderseo.com and, um, and our website is pathfinderseo.com. And then I'm also over on Twitter at lins underscore Halsey. So yeah, reach out with questions. Um, always happy to chat SEO and, and pass along uh, any information I can. Awesome. Uh, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me. That was awesome. Thanks so much. Bing. And that's a wrap for the episode. I hope your ears enjoyed listening to it as much as I did. I hope you took some nuggets. If you have any advice or feedback, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at philip at Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.